You're listening to Destination Animation, the show where we sit down with people who have chosen to make their professional work destination animation. I am your host, Hannah Howell from KPC Radio, welcoming all listeners who are interested in learning more about the animation industry and the great amount of work that goes on behind our favorite cartoons. In today's episode, we have a composer and songwriter who is most known for his work on Disney's Gravity Falls. He also composed for Star vs. the Forces of Evil, and Cartoon Network's We Bear Bears, along with other many other shows. Please welcome Brad Breek. Hello. Hi, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, I love your background of all your musical. Um, they won't, our listeners won't be able to see it, but for reference, his background is filled with many musical instruments, I'm assuming. Or yeah, a lot of synthesizers and instruments and uh yeah recording instruments or recording recording equipment yeah yep <laughs> awesome and i want to start by asking how did you begin composing for animation uh well i went to cal arts california institute of the arts which as you know is a has a famous animation program and um I was there for as a you know studying music as a composer, and um, yeah, I kind of you know when I was there, kind of made friends with animators, and I actually met my wife there, and she was in the animation program, and yeah, I I made some I did some short films for people while I was at school there, and then after school after I graduated. Um, one of my wife's friends was doing uh, some shorts at Nickelodeon and she hired me to score those. And those kind of got me in the door at Nickelodeon. Um, I guess I did a good job on those. And once I was there for a meeting on just about the short that I was scoring and I saw a poster for a show called Fanboy and Chum Chum that they had not, um, I think it was still a pilot. I, they hadn't made it yet. They hadn't made it because I was scored it. But um, and I just saw the I saw the art and I was like, that looks really cool. What's that? Can I um, do you need a composer? And she was like, well, you can, you know, pitch for the theme song. You know, you can do a demo for the theme song and, you know, along with whatever under other composers that did the same thing. Um, and I ended up winning that. And then I did another test um, for, to get the composer job, because frequently for animation, the theme song job and the composer job are separate. Um, and then often the songwriting job for the show is separate too, but not in my experience. Um, yeah, so I ended up winning that and that was my first show. And, um, that's basically how it started. And yeah, along the way I, um, you know, I got a manager who introduced me, at places like Disney and DreamWorks. And um, my, I did this show for Cartoon Network called We Bear Bears. And that show was um, actually a friend of my wife's from CalArts, um, Daniel Chong. Um, so Daniel, um, I actually don't know. I don't know if we ever met at CalArts, but he, I think knew my work maybe from, um, Nikki Yang was the, my wife's friend who, who scored, uh, who did the shorts at Nickelodeon. And um, you might know her. She was in uh, um, BMO from Adventure Time, and that's why her name sounds familiar. Yeah, but she, she you know, she's also a storyboard artist and an animator. And um, 
yeah, I think she might have, Daniel might have seen the shorts I did for Nikki. Uh, this is probably all very confusing to everyone. <laughs> Anyways, Daniel, Daniel knew me from CalArts through friends and invited me to do the We Bear Bears pilot. Yeah. So, so many of the work that you've gotten is because of connections you made at CalArts. Yeah, it, it basically all is, with the exception of like, um, it's pretty much all from CalArts. And it's just <laughs> like, I, um, you know, it's like I was, I was at CalArts and kind of got my foot in the door and then just worked really hard and really like, um, was enthusiastic and put myself out there really hard. Like anytime there was any kind of opportunity, I would do a demo for it. I would say, hey, I'll do that, you know, like, or you need help with this. Like, that's kind of been my strategy all along. It's just being very enthusiastic, ready to work for free if needed, because you never know where those things can go. And um, yeah, and just working really hard. Um, and then eventually, you know, you work hard and you're ready, you get lucky, you know, the, the lucky moment arrives or whatever, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what made you want to do what you do? Like before, like what made you want to go to school for composing? Um, I, well, I was like my, so CalArts was my master's degree. Uh, my undergrad, I went to this school called the University of Denver in Colorado and I was studying, um, I went initially as a jazz drummer and a percussionist. And um, I mean, uh, and I kind of got very discouraged early on. It's like, I just kind of realized that I was never going to be uh, like a great drummer or, or whatever. And somewhere along the way, I, I just, I found, I got this book, it's called Experimental Music, Cage and Beyond. And that book uh, was just about, you know, all this, experimental music and avant-garde music and I got really interested in that just like avant-garde music composition 20th century music all this kind of weird music and just got obsessed with that and spent years just you know reading and listening and learning about that and that was kind of my gateway into composition um so like maybe halfway through my undergraduate I switched or close to the end I don't know anyways I I just switched to composition finished with a jazz composition degree, which was like, it was kind of meaningless, but um, cause I'm not a good jazz <laughs> person at all. But um, yeah, so, and then, then uh, I, I found out about CalArts through uh, just like weird music magazine that I, I used to be obsessed with called the, or called Wire. And there was an, an ad for CalArts and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go there and study music. I didn't have, I, I wasn't thinking about scoring for TV or films really. I was just like, wanted to make weird music and stuff. And then I think, uh, yeah, I, when I, I, I have this clear memory of when I arrived at CalArts, somehow learning about this guy, um, this, this composer named Guy Moon. I don't know if you heard of him, but he did like Fairly Odd Parents and a lot of like- Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he's done a ton of stuff, but somewhere, somewhere along the way, I realized like that guy is doing all these shows. And I also realized he gets paid every time they play. And I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> animation, like it plays all the time on TV and it's a fun, it seems like a fun thing to be a part of. So I started kind of thinking about that, but it still wasn't my goal. Like I, when I got out of CalArts, I really wanted to be a pop producer like that's still what I wish I, I was is like a big pop producer um and um yeah so and I kind of felt like fell into composing and got very lucky and um yeah I've stayed stayed busy 
I hope that answers your question. Yeah. <laughs> and um, for Cal Arts, do you are you familiar with CISA? Yeah, I have a friend. Um, I have friends who taught there. Yeah. Okay. For in the music department? No, in the in the animation department. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't know if I know of anyone who's maybe. I'm sure one of my friends have taught. Yeah, I do have a friend who's who taught CISA. Anyways, yes. Uh huh. Oh no, because I attended CISA for creative writing, like a completely different oh, um, cool. area. But yeah, so it's very. I love I love that environment of yeah. CalArts. So yeah, it's it's interesting hearing people who went to the CalArts for real. So. And can you describe the process of what exactly it is that you do? Yeah, so basically if I'm working on a show, um, basically every week or every two weeks, it depends on what the schedule is, um, I'll receive a new episode. And usually for the stuff I work on, it's usually already animated and the picture, like the timing is all pretty much locked. It's like ready to go. All they need me to do is put music on it. Um, and usually I'll receive, usually they'll have put in temp music, like, you know, when they're building, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know about like the storyboarding process and then the animatic process. So they'll make a storyboard and then they'll, um, they'll put that into an edit. So it's timed, but it's not animated yet. And then they'll animate it from early on, like in the animatic stage, they put in temp music usually um because it helps them i think get the pacing and the mood and the tone and it also helps them when they're pitching that pitching it to you know they get it have to get it approved and stuff and it helps to have music in there so when i receive it it has all that music in there it's like reference music and some shows they're very attached to that music and other shows they're like just do your thing um like i'm working on owl house for disney right now and there's temp music in there, but not that much. And they're not attached to it at all. Like Dana doesn't, she's just, I'm just doing my own thing. I usually kind of ignore it. Um, but anyways, so the, just to give you a sense of what, what I receive, I sit down with the episode and I have temp music and I have my notes. Um, and that's basically it. I sit down and I start um, going through my list of cues um, and just writing music. Um, and for the stuff I work on, you know, it's TV animation, the budgets are fairly low. So I'm not like hiring musicians, I'm not hiring an orchestra or even someone to mix the music. It's all like, I have to do it all. It's, it all happens in my computer where I record stuff and I mix it and I send it and it gets mixed into the show. Um, so basically I'm doing everything. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll have help, like I'll have other composers sometimes help out if I'm busy. Occasionally I'll have a musician play something like a, you know, a saxophonist or a guitar solo if I need something like that, something I can't do myself. Um, yeah, it's basically it. Is the main instrument you use, or is it considered an instrument, the synthesizer? Yeah, I mean, it's basically most of what I'm using is there is in the computer. So like the orchestra sounds and percussion and drums, because I have to work so fast for animation, like I don't usually have time to record those things in real life. So um, my, yeah, it's mostly their samples. So like if I have to play a, a violin sound, I'm actually playing the sound of someone playing a violin note on my keyboard, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, um, so it's some of, the, some of the synthesizers, there are synthesizers, but they're kind of in the computer mostly. Um, I do use all this stuff too, but not all the time for like when I'm doing animation scoring because I have to work so fast. Yeah. And, slows you down sometimes. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. And when you're writing music, I imagine you use, do you use other music as reference or as inspirations? Uh, only um, if, like I said, if they have temp music in and they really want it to sound like that, like sometimes they're parodying something like, I don't know, maybe they're parodying, doing a parody of a stock scene from Star Wars or something. And they have John Williams Star Wars score temped in and they're like, we need it to sound like that for the joke to work. Yeah. In that case, I'll reference that, you know, and I'll try not to get too close, but try to make it sound close enough that it gets the idea across. Sometimes they will have something like that just has the mood that they want. And, um, you know, and I might reference that. I might just try, I try to approximate the tone of that music, but with the palette that I'm using for that show. Um, but the best is when they don't care. Like Owl House has been so much fun because she doesn't care about the temp music. She just, and I, I like the palette that I'm using, like, is very specific to that show and I really like it and I, I can work quickly with it. So um, like sometimes like if someone wants the temp music, it just slows you down. It's not as fun because it's like you're, you're just recreating something. It's like sometimes they really want it specifically to be the temp music and it's like, uh, it's not that fun, you know? Um, anyways, yeah. <laughs> so you like getting your creative control? Yeah, I mean, it's not just, uh, it's it's uh yeah or not not control but it's just more like freedom you know what i mean like yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of explore and, and do what feels natural as opposed to uh trying to you know being constrained i did this show um voltron legendary defender for dreamworks and uh on netflix but um that one they didn't have any temp music which was really cool because you um i had a co-composer my co-composer was brian parkhurst um, who did a lot of most of the series, to be honest, because I was busy. I was working on so many other things, but that was fun for us because there's no temp music and it's just like, just write, you know, you just, there's nothing to, to uh, corrupt your creativity in there at all. You know, you just start writing. So that's awesome. And do you have a favorite thing that you work on? I like all of them for different reasons. I mean, like I did this show pickle and peanut for Disney that like no one seems to know. And like, a lot of people didn't seem to understand. It has John Meter in it, right? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Johnny Pemberton. And um, I loved that show so much because it was so funny, but it didn't really fit on Disney. Like it, it seemed like it should have been on Adult Swim or something because it was so weird and like. And wacky. What's that? Zany and wacky kind of thing. Yeah, and also like kind of cynical, oh. but very funny. But um. Like I love the music working on that show because it was like, I just got to make really weird stuff and like goofy stuff. Um, but then, you know, I also, you know, I, there's a lot of stuff I did for Gravity Falls. Like some of those are my, some of my favorite cues. Some of the songs I d did for like We Bear Bears are some of my favorite things I've written. You know, every show. Um, and then like, I'm like, I feel like the stuff I'm doing for Owl House is the best stuff I've ever done in terms of score. Like, I feel like I, I finally like kind of, know how to do it you know what i mean and it feels really strong um and i this show i did glitch text um like i loved i'm so proud of that score like so each they're all different you know it's like i i couldn't pick one of any one of them they're just because they're all they all have different things you know mm -hmm. and uh, what would you say is your the hardest part of your job and what is your favorite part 
Uh, I mean, the hardest part is just that there's so much music to be written and in a brief period of time. And it's like a marathon, you know, you just have to keep going. Um, and I've gotten much better about taking less. I mean, I'm very lucky to have a lot, a lot of opportunity to work. And I used to take, you know, as many jobs as I can get. Now I just take one at a time. I try to work kind of normal hours and then have time like normal, like free time. Um, so it's just like getting the work done, like not getting burned out. That can be really difficult um, and, and keeping it creative. You know, um, the best part for me is like when you when you're in the zone and you're writing something and you're like, this is this is awesome. This is fun. And then you listen, you hear it back and it's like, that's amazing. And then also, I mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's just amazing to have done it. Not that I did something amazing, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's good to have made something that you are proud of. And then also like, it's really exciting when people like it, you know, like I've been um, like one thing about doing this is like for years, I wouldn't even, I, the shows would go out. I didn't even know that the show, like I just did in this new Smurf series and um, I didn't even know it was on TV, <laughs> you know, like, like, and then, and then like um, I realized it's on TV and it's like, Oh, that's cool. Like, but I still haven't gotten any kind of fan or any, I don't no feedback or interaction with people. And, for years it was like that even with during gravity falls like i was not really i was working so much i wasn't really in tune with like um i knew that people really liked it and were excited about it but i wasn't like involved or like getting the fan reaction um so lately i've been posting all my scores on youtube and then um like owl house whenever the episode comes out i post the score on youtube and so i'm building like a an audience there and it's that has been really fun because people um they're so excited to get the music after the episode comes out but then also you know they comment and like it's just really fun to actually it's the first time where i feel like engaged with some of the fans and like getting a reaction almost in real time and so it's really fun yeah when people like something you've done like obviously that feels good and that's fun uh -huh. Have you ever heard people like hum your, the songs you've made or the scores? Um, like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever just like oh, yeah. go to like a convention and. Oh, I haven't, I haven't really been to conventions, but my, it's funny, my mom, my mom, my wife and my son were walking around the neighborhood the other day and they heard someone practicing the Gravity Falls theme song on piano <laughs> in my neighborhood, oh. which is really crazy. It's like, I don't think they even knew that. I'm sure they don't know that <laughs> the guy who wrote that was <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. and do you, do you intend to always stick to animation? Um, yeah, I, I think I'll I'll keep doing this like um, because it's I, I think like earlier on in my career, even like a few years ago, I was kind of insecure about just only like the fact that I only do animation and felt like oh, you know, I should like try to do some adult films and like, or like uh, grown up TV shows and stuff. And I had, you know, like having like a little bit of exposure to it and dipped into it a little bit. I quickly realized that is not what I wanted to do. Like um, the kind of time pressures on like working on films and stuff, I did not like, I didn't really like the, I mean, I'll, I'm happy. I'm sure in the future I will try again. If, if something really cool comes along, I will obviously try, but um, I'm, I'm very happy in this niche because to me, like quality of life is more important than like 
some career goals, you know, like I'm very happy. Yeah, I've been lucky that I can make a living doing this and I'm comfortable and I continue to have work. And that's kind of enough for me. Like I'm not um, interested in being a famous composer or a, like whatever super rich Hollywood composer. It's like, I kind of want to, I like my lifestyle and want to do that. <laughs> and animation is just fun. It's like, it still can be stressful and it's a lot of work, but um, the timeline is manageable. Uh, the workload is manageable. You can have a life and do this um, and still, you know, like go on a bike ride or whatever, hang out with my family, you know? So um, yeah, I, I will probably continue to do this <laughs> until people stop hiring me, which could be at any, any moment, so. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, I love all the things that you've worked on so far that I've seen and Oh, yeah. And thank you so much, Brad. Are there any final pieces of advice that you'd like to offer for the future? Um, anyone who wants to work with music, I guess, or if they want to just get their foot in the door with an industry as big as animation? Yeah, I, I mean, my advice to people starting out, like, at least uh, if you want to be an animation composer, like, that's the thing I know about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always tell people, like, what worked for me, that's the thing that I can advise people, like meet animators, like um, who are at the stage, the same stage that you are, like, you know, try to seek out animation students, film students, um, you know, put up a flyer at UCLA film school, USC film school, go to CalArts, even if you don't go there, like go hang out, like anyone can go hang out at CalArts Thursday night, there's a huge party every night. Just go hang out there by the animation part department and make friends with animation nerds and like tell them you're a composer. And five years from now, when they have a show at Disney, maybe you'll be the person they hire. You know, like that is literally how it works. So it's like, um, that's my recommendation to people. It's like, you know, I mean, there's people making animated stuff on YouTube, like reach out to them, you know. Um, but I really think that's that to me, like that is the like, has a high probability of working is make friends with people who are in this industry and um, you'll come up together. Um, and also, and the other thing is just like make as much, I, I mean, this could be for animators or musicians, anyone, but it's like make as much stuff as you can because the more you make stuff, it's like just like lifting weights or whatever, it, they're reps, they're like you build muscle, you build muscle memory from doing it. Um, you're not just going to like wake up one day and be a good animation composer. Like you, you're like, if you've made, like, maybe you made like a reel or something or like an album and you're like, I did it. Like, it's awesome. Like, I'm great. I'm really good now. You're probably, you need to do more. Like can keep, keep making stuff as much as you can. Like, even if you're just writing, like, I don't know, try to write 15 or 30 seconds of music a day. Even if you're not, even if you're just sketching, like every day make something, um, do something associated with your craft. I mean, you can take days off obviously, but um, yeah, you just gotta keep doing it um, and you get better. Like I've, I've noticed that with myself, like just because I'm doing this so much, like I, cause I have to, like I get better and better and better. And like, I can see my progression um, so clearly from when I started doing this. Um, I'm not even like a great musician or anything, but I just, because I do this, all day, every day, pretty much. 
um, I've gotten quite good at it. Um, and it's just repetition. So, yeah. Yeah, repet um, I'm taking a, a dance class, which which is an entirely different thing, but he always says repetition, repetition, rinse and repeat. That's the key. Yeah. That's the key to learning anything and becoming good, better. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And, well, thank you so much, Brief. We've reached the end of our show for today. Mm -hmm. And thank you, listeners, for listening to Destination Animation. I'm your host, Hannah Howell from KPC Radio, signing off. <laughs>